On this Monday, we talk outlaws at Williams Grove and the points shakeup. Late models in Illinois and Charlotte. News from XR, plus a lot more from the All-Stars USAC and others. Let's go. Today is Monday, May 16th, 2022. Welcome into Dirt Tracker Daily. I'm Justin Fiedler. This is a heavy show today. We've got a lot to get to from the Dirt Racing Week, and I'm going to start with the Word of Outlaws at Williams Grove. There's some interesting things to talk about, even though the Friday show was lost to weather and we only got the one race complete. The Saturday night program was delayed because of rain, and when things finally got going, the teams had a bit of a narrow and heavy grove track to deal with. Jacob Allen continued his transformation into a nightly competitor with the Outlaws, and he nearly swept the night. He went quick time in his group, won heat race number one, grabbed the dash pole, and then won it, and then that put him on the pole of the main event. Once green, the 1A was basically untouchable out front, but late in the going, four starting Brent Marks was able to close down on him a little bit. There were a few cautions through the 30 lapper, but a key one for Matt Campbell slowing changed everything. Allen was coming to get the white flag when Campbell slowed in turn one, so the, re uh, the race then reverted to two to go then on the restart. We got a green-white checkered finish. And once green again, Allen was in trouble as his fuel tank started running dry. He made it back to the white flag, but Marks had already taken the lead, and then Allen did the right thing by pulling into the infield. Just absolute heartbreak for Jacob, and it would have been an insane week for him to sweep both Lincoln and the Grove as a Pennsylvania-born driver. Afterwards, he said he knew he was in trouble with a caution flying, and he wasn't even convinced he would have made it, even if Campbell didn't slow down for that caution. The issues for Allen handed the lead and the Morgan Cup win to Marks, who had just enough fuel to make it at the end. At the line, Carson Macedo was second, Sheldon Huddenshield third, Rico Abreu fourth, and Donnie Schatz in fifth. But the drama wasn't done just yet. At the scales afterwards, Macedo was light, so he got booted to last place in the feature, which then promoted Sheldon and Rico up the podium. Macedo's penalty has big points implications going forward because if he ends up second in that race, with championship leader Brad Sweet down in eighth, Macedo would have taken the championship lead. But instead, Macedo is 26th in the race, Sweet 7th, and now Macedo is 42 points back in the standings, falling to third, with David Gravel now up to second, 24 points behind leaving Pennsylvania. That's a big swing, and I think it could have a big impact into the summer with this championship hunt especially if Macedo somehow isn't able to make those points back up. As for Allen and Shark Racing, Jacob said afterwards they will come back with a better strategy in the future, but I wonder if inexperience in big moments right there just bit him a little bit. Mark said he knew afterwards that they would be in trouble with fuel, so he was trying to save wherever he could, and I wonder if maybe Jacob just wasn't doing that. Either way, though, as much as it sucks to lose like that, what a season so far for that 1A team. And they're definitely not done yet. They're showing plenty of speed all the time. The Outlaw teams got Sunday and today off, but they are right back at, uh, at it tomorrow night, uh, racing at Bridgeport Motorsports Park in New Jersey. The four-night Illinois Speed Week closed out over the weekend with Mars sanctioned stops at Farmer City and Fairbury. Friday night at Farmer City, we got a great show out front with Hudson O'Neill and Ricky Thornton Jr. showing the way early. Those two battling also brought Dennis Herb Jr. into the mix, and at various points, I think you could have thrown a blanket over the top three or four cars. With 14 laps to go, we got a caution for Garrett Alberson, and that also brought Tyler Erb into the mix. Late in the going, the feature then turned into a scrap between RTJ and Tyler Erb with that best performance one car just trying to find any way by the 20RT. 
Herb briefly took the lead with a slider, but Thornton was able to drive back by. But then on the white flag lap, Herb uh, tried to make a move. And RTJ blocked low the slider line into turn three. So Herb went to the high side. Thornton's block move, though, killed his momentum up off the corner. And Herb was able to drive by the 20RT right at the line to nip him for the victory. It was definitely a nice payoff to a very good race. Thorne had to settle for second with O'Neill third, Bobby Pierce fourth, and Brandon Shepard in fifth. It was Herb's fourth late model win of the season. And then the four-race stretch closed out Saturday night at Fairbury with $30,000 going to the winner, and it was Bobby Pierce who took home the big check. He led all 60 laps, held off a late charge from Brandon Shepard to take the win. Shepard used lap traffic to run down the smooth operator, but couldn't make a move late for the lead. So Bishop second, O'Neill third, Marler fourth, and Dennis Herb Jr. was fifth. I thought it was a really good four nights of racing. We had four different winners, and I think the Illinois Bull Rings were definitely on display. The Flow Series is back Wednesday night at Marshalltown in Iowa, while the Mars season continues May 20th at Kankakee. With the XR Super Series, the Friday night show at Charlotte was lost to rain. I said on Friday that there were rain chances all day, but I thought it would just get delayed. They had a few uh, pretty good downpours, though, and the show was eventually canceled. On Saturday night, Jonathan Davenport led most of the way in the $50,000 finale, but I uh, feel like we need to start calling Chris Madden Mr. XR. He used the lap car of Brett Ham to trap JD on the bottom and drove by on the outside to take the lead with five laps to go. He then rolled to his second win of the event and fourth overall this season in XR competition. JD, Chris Ferguson, Brandon Overton, and Max Blair completed the top five. Madden's big money wins this year have him atop the cash list for all of Super Lay Model Racing as he approaches $400,000 in earnings, and it's only May. It's turning into a career season for sure for Smokey. The XR Series goes quiet now until June 13th at Belleville, Kansas. XR also had a couple of news items from the weekend. After working with teams involved in their loyalty program, they are changing up their purse structure a bit going forward to make payouts a little more even down through the field. The changes came after a vote from teams at Charlotte. The total purse amounts aren't changing, just how they break down through the field. Also, they have moved the Texas Dirt Nationals to Monday and Tuesday, September 19th and 20th, with two nights, uh, the two nights paying 20000 to win and 40000 to win. The move was made to avoid a conflict with the Jackson 100 weekend at Brownstown for Lucas. So this means there are now no conflicts on the schedule between XR and the Lucas Oil Lay Model Dirt Series. XR still bumps up against several Outlaw Knights, as it already has up to this point, and there are also conflicts with the Flow Series. With so many races on the schedule, though, it's basically impossible for there to be no conflicts at all, but it is clear that allowing these full-time guys with Lucas the ability to also run with XR has become a priority. You can see both of those releases for those news items over at racexr.com. The All-Star Circuit of Champions had three races over the weekend with stops at I-96, Wayne County, and Waynesfield. Friday night at I-96, Justin Peck slipped past Scotty Thiel before halfway and drove on to his first win of the season. It was the first All-Star victory for the Book 13 since Lincoln in September of 2021. Thiel was fast and I think deserved a better night, but things went sideways past halfway when he tangled with the slowing lap car of Chris Windham, and the contact broke something in his rear suspension. He ended up 22nd on the night. Behind Peck, points leader Tyler Courtney, uh, Tyler Courtney finished second, Hunter Schoenberg was third, Zeb Weiss fourth, and Parker Price Miller kept his season, uh, season rolling along with another top five finish. I picked Peck to win a 996, and it was my 14th correct win pick of the season. Unfortunately, it was my last right choice of the weekend. I whiffed on all three Saturday shows and the Sunday race uh, at Waynesfield. 
On Saturday at Wayne County, it was all Hunter Schoenberg in that Tony Vermeer-owned 55. He started second and led all 30 laps here in his third career series win, second of the season, and second in just four races. Justin Peck stayed hot with a second-place run. Wise was third, PPM fourth, and Sunshine hard charge from 16th to a top five. To close out the weekend on Sunday, the All-Stars went to Waynesfield, and it was a day that Skylar G will want to forget quickly. He got over the top of the track in his heat race and went for a big ride after hitting a tractor tire. He was okay, but damn, it was a hard hit. Glad he walked away from that one. In the feature, Scott Boguski led the field to green from the pole, and he's been fast early in this rookie campaign with Clayton Snow, but they just haven't been able to finish out these races. And Sunday was basically the same. Lots of speed and no luck. Inside 10 to go, Peck got it by him in lap traffic, but then just a lap later while battling for second, Kyle Reinhardt tagged the seven in turns three and four, and they both spun out, leading to finishes of 12th for Boguski and 13th for Reinhardt. Brutal way for Boguski's day to go south. At the end, it seemed like also that we couldn't get the race to actually finish. We had what we thought were checkered flag, uh, flags twice, but both finishes didn't happen because of cautions. One for Bill Baylog and another for Cap Henry and Zeb Wise tangling. At the end, though, nobody could stop Peck, and he drove away to his second win of the weekend and third top two finish. Cole Duncan hard charged from 18th to finish second. Sunshine was third. Kevin Thomas Jr. fourth. And Hunter Schoenberg was fifth. PPM started second and was good early on, but he ended up slipping over the top of the track and going for a big ride. He finished 19th with uh, that ended his 11 race top 10 streak. That McGee 11, though, uh, that team is still very fast. and I think uh, that first win is right around the corner. Also, three weekend top 10s for Corey Eliason, but he's still mired down in eighth in the standings. So following the three races, Sunshine actually extended his points lead to now 56. He had three straight top five runs. He now leads Justin Peck, who jumped to second from fourth, and he's actually 16, uh, 16 points closer to the 7BC team. PPM is down to third, Schoenberg fourth, and Henry in fifth. The series has three more races this coming weekend, all of those in Wisconsin. Before we move on to other weekend stuff, I did want to mention the Tanner Thorson news. He tweeted late last night that he is parting ways with Reinbold Underwood Motorsports to pursue more winged racing opportunities. Thorson had been a force in the Reinbold Underwood midget and non-wing car over the past year or two, and that included USAC national wins and that big Chili Bowl victory. The pairing was supposed to run a sizable wing schedule this season, including something like 50 outlaw shows, but things have already apparently gone sideways. They had made 10 outlaw appearances this year with a best finish of 9th at Hobstadt on April 23rd. It was actually their only top 10 in outlaw competition this season. But they did have three all-star top 10s in three appearances, including most recently on Friday at 996. I think they were 6th in that race. And there are a lot of rumors here about Thorson's next stop. Some people thinking he could be in the sides at Motorsport 7S for the remainder of the season following tonight's out or tomorrow night's outlaw show at Bridgeport. But there's no confirmation on any of that, uh, and there's lots of other rumors flying around, so we'll just kind of have to wait and see what's next for Thorson. But he does appear to be hell-bent on making the full-time transition to wing racing, following guys like Tyler Courtney, Kevin Thomas Jr., and Chris Windham down that path. Now back to the racing. We talked Friday about the uh, uh, USAC Sprint Car Show at US 36 being lost to rain, but the non-wing competitors did get to race on Saturday night at I-70. Mario Clouser led the first lap from the pole, but from there, it was all Robert Ballou out front. Uh, except for a very brief interlude on lap 21 when Brady Bacon was scored as the lap leader. The Madman led 28 laps and picked up his first national sprint car win in nearly a year. The last time he was victorious was back on June 16th of 2021 at Bridgeport. 
He's been fast lately, though. He does have two second-place finishes the previous two races, so this wasn't a huge surprise that he grabbed this win. Behind him, Bacon, Justin Grant, CJ Leary, and Emerson Axum completed the top five. The two nights of racing this week between I-70 and Lakeside really helped close up the points, with the top five now only separated by 56 markers. Axum leads JG by 21, with Bacon, Chase Dockin, and Baloo all in hot pursuit. Axum has six straight top tens and five top fives in those six races, including two victories. Not bad for the rookie driver. The series is back this weekend for two shows at the New Look Terre Haute Action Track. Out in California for the Peter Murphy, Cla uh, Peter Murphy Classic, excuse me, it was another banner weekend for Dominic Selzy. He battled on Friday night with Shane Golubic in both the 410 and 360 features, coming out on top in the NARC 410 show and then finishing second to Golubic in the Sprint Car Challenge to remain event. He grabbed another top five on Saturday night in the 360 and then was the beneficiary of an incident involving leaders Corey Day and Justin Sanders in the big NARC show at Hanford. Sanders and Day collided out of turn four battling for the lead, taking both of them out, and Selzy was running third, so he got promoted to the win. He drove on to the victory and $11,000. With four races complete, Selzy leads Mitchell Ficino and Golubic in the NARC standings. Elsewhere this weekend, Brian Brown picked up a wild win in Knoxville after contact multiple times with Aaron Reitzel. Danny Varian won twice with the Empire Super Sprints at Utica, Rome, and Fonda. Hayden Reinbold was a winged 410 winner at Jacksonville. Cy Lynch won at Lernerville and at West Virginia. Cole Duncan won at Atomic on Saturday. Cole Macedo was an AFCS winner at Fremont. Riley Chrysler won the War Show at Lucas Oil. AJ Hopkins was a non-wing winner at Circle City. And Linton Jeffrey won the Sunday Show at Hussets. In other weekend late model action, Greg Satterley won the ULMS Show uh, at Lernerville. Henry Carter won $10,000 in a crate car at Needmore. Eli Beats was an Ironman winner at Lake Cumberland. Devin Gilpin won a weekly show at Brownstown. And Logan Robertson was a rush winner at Erie's. And with the USMTS Modifieds, it was an Oklahoma sweep for Jake O'Neill, who won fr uh, both Friday at night at Red Dirt and Saturday night at Tri-State. The only thing on today's streaming schedule is Flow Racing 24-7. To see the full daily streaming schedule with links to watch, visit dirttracker.com slash watch tonight. That's it for the show today. Have a good Monday. If you have thoughts about the topics on today's show, please leave them in the comments below or tweet at me. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow for more Dirt Tracker Daily.